So we're, we're in this series, as we said, Pastor Teresa preached in Melbourne last week. I preached here. I want to encourage Melbourneites, grab a hold of the message that's on podcast from here from last week. And Teresa's will be on podcast as well if you want to stir yourself up in faith. Uh, but I want to do a quick little recap. We're talking about faith. Okay, now Jesus did a lot of discipling his key leaders around the issue of faith. It's one of the themes that he'll constantly be talking about. Okay, come on, guys. You can, get, you can grow in your faith. Come on, guys. Uh, he would say to someone, oh, your faith has made you well. You got a miracle because of your faith. Uh, the Bible says this, faith is a substance. It's a title deed on the inside. Faith is a substance of things hoped for. Faith's more than hope. Faith is an inner confidence in your heart that God will give you what he said he will give you. It's a feeling of confidence. All right, that's the first thing. Faith is the second thing. Faith's the currency of heaven. It's, it's how we unlock things from God. God. God is not attracted to need. He's not attracted to whinging. Doesn't, doesn't get his attention. He doesn't mind you being real with thanksgiving, but it doesn't attract him. Your problem does not attract God. What attracts God into your circumstances is a spirit of faith. It's, what, it's the currency of heaven. The Bible says without faith, it's impossible to please God. You must believe that he is and he's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. So all of us, if we're going to see victories and overcoming and the miraculous in our life, we need to grow in our faith. All right. We also learned this. Uh, I just quickly, and I'm going to quickly recap four types of faith that we looked at last week. The first is the absence of faith. And what's that called? Unbelief is the absence of faith. No, no faith equals unbelief. And unbelief literally stops God moving in your life. He can't. As much as you want him to, unbelief is a blocker. And, we, and I'm not going to re-preach it. Listen to last week's message. The second is little faith. So little faith is where we have uh, Jesus would rebuke his disciples and say, guys, oh ye of little faith. And what he's talking about, it's not unbelief, it's not no faith. There's a seed of faith going on, but it's undeveloped faith. So it's there, but it's not been developed yet. And we'll talk a bit about that today. That's little faith. But little faith doesn't move God. You've had the spark of a promise from God. You've got a little bit of faith. But usually little faith is overwhelmed by fear and anxiety and hasn't broken through yet. We also talked about the gift of faith. One of the nine spiritual gifts that the Holy Spirit can give you or I in any circumstance and he can drop it in your heart and you're suddenly, oh, this is going to happen. I just, out of nowhere, I know it's going to happen and it's a gift of faith from the Holy Ghost. And then the fourth is what we're going for and it's strong faith. Strong faith, great faith, full of faith. So these are the types of faith. And so today we'll find in our key verse and in this series being fully persuaded is that being fully persuaded is where you have the absolute confidence in your heart that what God promised is already done and it's just a matter of timing. Come on, somebody say, it's just a matter of timing. I love that. All right, so we're talking about Abraham. The Bible calls him the father of our faith. Uh, Abraham, just a quick recap if you, to help you catch up with who Abraham is. He's, he's the, 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 the father of faith. At 75 years old, God appeared to him. He didn't have any kids. He said, I'm going to make you the father of many nations. I'm going to bless you. I'm going to give you all this land. And it was this amazing promise. and didn't have any kids. And it took 25 years 
for him to actually have the, the, his first child with his wife, uh, Sarah, who has also received the promise. 25 years. Now, God keep visiting him, giving him pictures and, 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 and encouragement and restating the promise, but it took 25 years. And God said it was his believing. It wasn't the outcome of having a baby that pleased God. What pleased God is he kept believing the promise in spite of what he could see with his natural eyes. That's what faith is, a confidence. So let's go. Romans 4 verse 18 in the NLT. Even when there was no reason for hope, Abraham's getting old, Sarah's getting old, it's just not happening. Abraham kept hoping, believing that he would one day. So he kept hoping, but more than hoping, he kept believing. Believing is where your hope becomes solid on the inside. Kept hoping, believing that one day he would become the father of many nations. For God had said to him, that's how many descendants you will have. Just, you've got to know that faith is based on what God says to us. It's not based on what we hope is going to happen. It's based, faith comes from God. The Bible says, uh, Romans 10, 17, faith comes by hearing and hearing by a rhema word from God, a quickened word from God. So then we go on, Romans 4, 19. Without weakening in his faith, he faced the fact, everybody said he faced the fact, that his body was as good as dead. That's a tough day. Since he, I feel like that after boot camp sometimes. Since he was about 100 years old, that Sarah's womb was also dead. Yet he did not waver through unbelief regarding the promise of God, but was strengthened in his faith. Everybody say, strengthen in his faith. Come on, Melbourne eyes, let me hear you say, strengthen in his faith. I can hear it. Beautiful. And gave glory to God. Say, gave glory to God. Being fully persuaded that God had the power to do what he had promised. Now, right now, I'm not sure what faith project is going on in your life or what faith projects are going on in your life, but maybe you need to develop some godly confidence, and that's your faith project right now, to develop godly confidence. Maybe you need to really know for sure in your heart, not just in your head, that you've been forgiven of all your sin, and that's your faith project right now, to get fully convinced in your heart that you're cleansed from your past. Maybe your faith project is for provision. Maybe it's for healing and health. Maybe it's for restoration in your family. Maybe there's a miracle that you need to happen in your life that only God can do. Maybe it's a prodigal coming back to Jesus at Easter time, come on, or whenever it happens. Happens. Maybe it's a, it's a neighbor that you want to see saved. Maybe you want to see revival in your school or revival in your workplace. And See, you don't always need faith for a problem. It's also awesome you need faith for a vision, a vision to come to pass, a faith to get, have it overcome anxiety in your life, faith to see breakthroughs, to something turn around in your business, whatever it might be. We all need faith. And faith is what, again, it attracts God into our world. So let's talk about what we can learn from Abraham. Let's, let's put that, that scripture up on the screen and verse, let's go for verse 19. Romans 4 verse 19, if we can pull that up. And it says this about Abraham. He faced the fact, verse 19, just jump on. He, he faced the fact that his body was as good as dead. He faced the fact. All right, we can pull that down. Thanks, guys. We faced the fact. Now, there's been some, some wrong teaching around uh, the word of faith crowd 
And then there's been almost like a Christian superstition that if you've got a problem and you're believing God for an answer, even if you've received a promise, that you just can't confess the problem. It's almost like a Christian superstition. If I say I've got a problem, then somehow it's gonna, uh, it's gonna earth my miracle. If I talk about the fact that I've got lots of personal debt, even though God's told me my God will supply all my needs according to his riches and glory, but somehow if I talk about the facts, it's going to unhinge my miracle and limit God from doing a miracle. A well-known preacher who moves in healing and the supernatural, once the Lord told him about a lady in a meeting and and God said she's got cancer and I want to heal her today. I mean, very bold. I don't recommend this unless you've got an absolute track record of healing God and seeing seeing the miraculous. But he he literally did and he came up to her and he said, lady, uh, God's told me you've got cancer and he wants to heal you today. And, And she said, no, I don't. And he's like, oh. No, he said, no, God's told me. I, I, I know, I've seen it. Okay, now, like I said, don't try this at home. All right. But eventually, after about four or five times of being firm with her, eventually she, she broke down in tears and said, I do, but I've been told I can't confess it. And not facing the fact is actually robbing God from the power to move in your life. Now, I'm going to talk about positive confessing the word of God. I'm going to talk about, you know, personalizing the declaration, but faith begins when we face the facts. Now, your language might be, I've got this, I'm in debt up to my eyeballs, but I'm believing God. I'm believing God, or God's told me, or this is what I believe is going to happen, but we all need a, and now you don't need to go on Facebook and tell everybody the facts. You just need a little circle of people who can trust and give you wisdom advice who you can be real with and who can help you face the facts. This is kind of how I imagine it works like that. Uh, facing the facts. I remember a, a season when our church here, be 12 years ago or something, and we were, our budget was here and our tithes and offering was here. So there, there was a significant gap and that puts a, you know, if anyone's faced financial pressure, that's a significant pressure. And for me, I've always made the, made the clear distinction that the, that the church members are not the provider for this church. God's the provider for this church. So I'm not going to beg people to give. I'm going to encourage you to follow the principles of God. But then I, me and the board will look to God and say, God, will you provide? So I would find that, that on Monday, I would find out what, how much tithes and offerings had come in over the last seven days. And I would deliberately, before I looked, come into this auditorium and begin to pray and declare the promises that God said, Lord, you are Jehovah Jireh. You are the provider for this church. My God will supply all of our needs according to your riches in glory. So I'm I'm building my faith up. But then what I don't do is, oh, I don't want to look at that weekly report. Because too many Christians are like, that's going to hurt. And so what they do is they run around with their head in the sand going, there's no problem, there's no problem, and God's, God's going to deal with it. No, 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 faith starts by facing the facts. Now, now, there's a difference between facing the facts and marinating in the facts. Come on, there's a difference between... Let, let me, we've got a, a dog, his name's Rocket, and Rocket, uh, just yesterday, for a pure example of this, found some fertilizer at the bottom of the compost bin. Uh, I would just like to call the fertilizer the facts. 
All right? Because you need some fertilizer in your life to build your faith story. You need some opposition. That's kind of how it works. And so, because we go out there, and what does Rocket do with the facts? He rolls around in the facts. This is, this is him. That's, this is our sweet little puppy. So cute, so adorable. Would never do, but now he stinks. Why? Because he didn't just face it and move away. He rolled around in it. And that's what lots of people do with your facts. You, you, rather than, okay, get rid of Rocket. He's cute. He's for sale now. You can have him. <laughs> no, just kidding. Just kidding. So lots of people, it's like, oh my gosh. They're one of two extremes. I'm not looking at what the doctor's diagnosis is. I'm not looking at what the accountant said about my business. I'm not, I'm not going to talk to my kid who's away from, me, away from God right now. It's too stressful. So just, just remove away from the facts. I'm not going to, oh, no, I didn't have panic attacks. It didn't happen. It didn't happen. Actually, if it did happen, face it. But here's how you face it. You get filled with faith. You come down out of that place and you look at the facts and very quickly you acknowledge them and, you, and then you go back to God and stand up and go, God, this is the facts. Abraham faced the fact that he was beyond having children and his wife was beyond having children. Faced the fact. But then he said, but you said. So I believe your promise over what I see. Now, I, this is what happened for me with church. I would come back and I'd look at the weekly report and if it's three or four or $5,000 short for that particular week, my, I would, my stomach would sink. I'd get a knot in my stomach. I'd feel anxious. I'd feel stressed. And I, you can understand why you don't want to face the facts when the facts is going to just make you feel bad. Yes. But not facing the facts is not faith. Facing the facts is faith. And, and looking now, now the other side is some people just set up a whole picnic rug around their facts. And somebody's really annoying them and won't pay them or whatever. And so they just set up a whole whinge fest around their facts. And, and, and then, they're, then, you know, they're fighting flesh and blood and they're imagining what they're going to do with them if they, could, if they got, in, got their hands on those people in this situation. That's not facing the facts. Facing the facts is we rise above that. We're not fighting flesh and blood. We rise above that and we get back. So we face it and then we go back and go, all right, God, you said, now is there anything I need to do to manage the problem in the short term until the miracle comes through? Am I helping anybody today? Melbourne, am I helping anybody today right now? So we're good at, we don't roll in the facts. We don't marinate in the facts. We don't set up a pity party with the facts. We face the facts, but very quickly we get back into the zone where the promise of God takes precedence over the facts. The facts are, but the truth is, God's on, on the throne. Is that helping anybody today? Come on, who's been rolling in some manure and needs to get it off them? Come on, as the words of the modern prophetess Taylor Swift says, you just got to shake it off. Come on, you can tell my daughter went to Taylor Swift over the weekend. All right, you just got to shake it off, baby. Come on, shake off that anxiety. Shake off the stress. And the way you do that is by getting back to the promise of God. We're doing all right. All right, the second thing that, that he did. So we're looking at Abraham. He faced the fact. Romans 4, verse 19 to 21. Now we go on to verse 22, uh, verse 20. Yet he did not waver through unbelief regarding the promise of God, but he was strengthened in his faith. He was strengthened in his faith. That tells me that 
As we heard earlier and last week, you can be weak in your faith. You can be strong in faith or weak in faith. You can have little faith that's undeveloped or you can have great faith. And okay, a couple of things. You can get an impartation of faith from somebody that'll last about 24 hours max. But if you want to have faith, you got to develop faith. And you got to strengthen. So you, here's the second point we want to talk about right now is we got to get strengthened in faith. We got to get strengthened. We, first, we face the fact, but second, we got to get strengthened in our faith. I don't know if you've ever had a, a cast on a leg or an arm where something broke and you had to stop using it. And then you got muscle atrophy. I just got a little quick little photo of it up here. Muscle atrophy. Okay, that's where you're not using something. And suddenly, this calf has stopped being used and it's not as strong or muscular anymore. Why? Because it wasn't used. And often, and don't say to your neighbor that looks like your calves. That's not very nice right now. Stop that. Stop that. Put that down. So distracting. So here's the thing. Sometimes we, get a, we have a faith crash, a disappointment, a delay. God didn't answer the prayer the way we thought God might answer the prayer. And we, and we need to kind of get healed up a bit and we put the cast on. But then the cast comes off and ultimately you, your faith muscle, faith is like a muscle, it needs to be strengthened. You can't, you know what? I, I know, you know, Arnie didn't develop his muscles, he had steroids, but apart from steroids, <laughs> he didn't develop his muscles by just standing in front of the mirror saying, you're a musky guy. He didn't develop his muscles uh, by reading lots about other people who developed their muscles. He developed it how? Through resistance. Resistance is how you build your faith. So when something's not working and you make a choice to say, but I believe God, that's how you build your, how you build your faith. You build it back, you build it up. And so you, you just, so I, I, I see a church filled with people who are constantly using their faith not just to get out of trouble, but to get into the fullness of everything that God has for you and I. We're using our faith muscle. We're strengthening it. So how do you get strengthened in your faith? I'm glad you asked. Let's talk about just a few things, just quickly a few things. First of all, you do need to create a faith atmosphere around your life. This is a little sub point. Get strengthened in your faith, create a faith atmosphere around your life. When I was going through a business challenge, I learned about, I learned about faith when I was going through a business challenge at 22 years old, 23, 24, and I, I learned that basically God wasn't going to answer my prayers for me. He was going to answer them through me. And so every morning at about 7, I'd be driving my way to my business to, to start early by praying over the business before it actually started, and I would listen to preaching tapes back in the day that had a spirit of faith on them. And I, you know what? There's probably only three or four I listened to. I didn't need lots. Because what I wasn't after so much was, the, was uh, learning something new. I was after learning the truth about faith and getting the spirit of faith on me off the preacher. So I wore these tapes out just over and over again because I would listen and after about five, ten minutes, I'd begin to shift out of unbelief. My, that atmosphere would work for me. 
It's a great thing. So that's how you create a faith atmosphere. Listen to preaching. Read great books. Come on, we've got this book by Pastor Phil uh, called Faith. I, I, we bought in 100 to sell here in Sunny Coast and in Melbourne. We sold um, more than half last week, but there's more there. It's a great way to strengthen your faith life. You can buy it today. Uh, you've got to get around some faith people and hear their stories of overcoming. And listen, and you get in connect group, and we're talking about faith stories. And a great question for every connect group leader to ask this week is, tell us a time where God came through for you when it looked impossible, but he gave you a promise, and he, ga- and he came through. And we encourage each other in faith. Yeah. You get into spiritual atmospheres of faith. If, you know what? The, the, this church, our whole, one of our key things is that people will feel the love of God. They'll feel hope for their future. But they'll catch a spirit of faith. When you're in this atmosphere, I want you to catch a spirit of faith. Not so that's it for the week. So that you'll go away and work on your faith. Strengthen your faith muscle. You can listen to prophecies. Oh, that's a great. If you've ever had a prophecy, uh, write it out. Listen to it. The Bible says wage warfare according to the prophecies made over you. So one of the prophecies I would read and talk about every day is, well, there's three prophecies and they all say exactly the same thing. Pretty good indication it's God. And it says you're about to go into a season as a church of acceleration like you've never seen before. And as I listen, as I listen to it, read it, speak it, that builds faith in my life because it's not just my wishful thinking, it's three independent prophetic words that confirm it. Another way is you've got to remember what God's done for you. Where's God come through in the past? That's why the, the Bible tells these stories where God got them out of this place. He said, build a memorial altar so that everyone who sees this will remember, I delivered you across the Red Sea or I delivered you across the Jordan River or, or I delivered the city of Jericho to you. Build altars. So sometimes I'll, just, I'll be just sitting praying and, I, and I've got this scripture in front of me, Hebrews 11.2 is one of them, and it says, by faith the elders obtained a good report. What it's saying is by faith, all the heroes of the Bible listed in Hebrews 11 got a breakthrough, got an answer from God. They got a good report. The way they got it was through faith. And I just started to go, Lord, by faith, I've had good reports. I had to turn around and I'll just go, there's a dozen things that I'll just remember. We were against the wall, but you did this. This was impossible, but you did this. This couldn't have happened, but you did this. And you create an atmosphere of faith around your life. We're helping anybody. Create a faith atmosphere. The last one under that, these are little things. I love to pre-write my testimony. Pre-write my testimony. And and the devil hates it. But here, it's just like, okay, God, we we don't have enough money every week, uh, but I just want to say I'm going to stand up at a conference one time, and this is what I'm going to say. We were five grand a week short. There wasn't enough, but God came through, and uh, money came in here, and money came in there, and I'll just pre-write the testimony, and imagine you're giving glory for the house that you're believing for, for the healing that you're believing for, for your prodigal coming, to see yourself. Now, some of you don't want to imagine yourself giving a testimony up front. So maybe it's just a blog that you write. I get it. But it's giving glory to God. Pre-write. Uh, by the by, what happened back, let me finish the story of church not having enough in weekly time. It would just again and again, 
The next day, uh, our bookkeeper, Julie, would just go, oh, we got $10,000 coming overnight unexpectedly, and just again and again. And I just say, God, I've seen it so many times. I know I can rely on Jehovah Jireh. He's our provider. That's a, that's a strength in my life. There's other areas I'm developing strengths in. How do you get strengthened in your faith? You, you focus on an image that sparks your faith. God gave Abraham the stars in the sky. He said, when you look up and see all the stars, I want you to remember that that's how many descendants you're going to have. God gave uh, Abraham a faith picture. Another time he said, look at the sand. I mean, he's in the desert. He said, you're going to have descendants more numerous than the sand. Like, oh my gosh, that's a lot of descendants. I mean, you're out, if you're out in the desert and there's no sky, skylight and you can see all the stars and, and you're imagining, Father Abraham, Father Abraham, Father Abraham, Father Abraham, oh look at all my grandkids, my great-grandkids, my descendants. It's an image for him to focus on to bring faith to him. When uh, we were going for a, a miracle house, Danielle and I, we found this house and, and God gave us... Prophecies and, and scripture after scripture. And so I, did, I just did this little thing. I, found, I, I keep it on my, on my mantelpiece in my study just as it's one of my uh, reminders of the goodness of God. And so I pulled, out, I pulled it out today. It's a contract for the house where we made an offer that was hundreds of thousands of dollars short of what, uh, what they were asking for in our price range. And I've got, I've got it here where they came back and they dropped no, $15,000 off their asking price. So now we're, like, we're hundreds of thousands of dollars short. And eventually we came up to the, full, the fullness of what we could do and we were still $300,000 short of what they were asking in their asking price. But we'd seen this place, we had a piece that it was the one, and so we just got the contract uh, and I just wrote the scriptures that God gave us over the top of the contract. He chose the promised land as our, our inheritance, a proud possession of Jacob's descendants whom he loved. I want nothing more than to give you this beautiful land, the finest possession in the world. I look forward to you calling me father, and I wanted you never to turn from me. I will bless my people and their homes around my holy hill, and in the proper season I'll send the showers they need. There will be showers of blessing. He's lodging with Sam, Simon, a tanner, whose house is by the sea. Our house is by the sea. That was a confirmation God gave me. The land you've given me is a pleasant land. What a wonderful inheritance. I'll provide a place for my people, Israel, and we'll plant them there. And so having patiently waited, he obtained the promise. Probably my least favorite. <laughs> having patiently waited. But that's how faith works. We obtain through faith and patience. Faith and patience. If it seems we're crazy, it's to bring glory to God. These are all scriptures God gave us on the journey of over six or eight months of believing God uh, for years. So after, time and time again, after and after. And so this, as I would pray, and Danielle and I would pray, I'd just pull this out. This is a focus. Lord, here's this contract. And your word trumps anything any man or any woman can say. We believe your word. Now, I've done that before for houses, and it didn't work. And here's the cool thing, is that all the faith you put into that one, God just takes it and redirects it to the next one. That's how it works. But in this one, particularly, after about three or four months, the, the owners came back and said, okay, resubmit your offer. That's ridiculous. And that we got the house, and it was just part of the, our miracle house and our provision of God. So that's the point there. Come on. He's awesome. Focus on an image that sparks your faith. 
when you see something, when you see that picture, when you see that picture of your, of your kid and you've got a mental image and it doesn't have to be, but you've got a mental image of your prodigal getting baptized or in church, worshiping God. Focus on that picture. Create a new image. That's, what, that's how faith works. And then the, th- the third thing, which I've just been talking about simply under, get strengthened in your faith is this. Get, speak the rhema word over your life. The rhema word is the promise that God's given you. I'll get a, get a keyboard to start right now. The promise that God's given you is powerful. Your words, you're already there, were you? <laughs> he was already there. Of course he was. Before I even asked, you answered, says the Lord. Nicholas, you're a legend. So, you speak the rhema. The word, it's got power. Your words are powerful. Death and life's in the power of the tongue. But what, is, what creates is God's word in your mouth. God's rhema word in your mouth is your sword to fight your battle. It's your word to pull down, it says to Jeremiah, to pull down, to uproot, but also to build up. It's God's word in your mouth. What's he said? Write it down. And when your faith is getting tested after you face the facts, come back and declare with attitude. This is what God said. I'm not coming under fear or anxiety. I push back on the enemy's fear and anxiety because God, you said this. And you're honest. You're like, God, you know, there's a a man in the Bible who's a real model of this. He goes, Jesus, can you heal my son? Because the disciples couldn't. And Jesus said, if I can. No, the issue is if you can believe. And then the guy goes, I believe. But... I don't yet, really, so help me in my unbelief. He's got undeveloped faith. And the power of that moment is he's honest. So Lord, the facts are knocking me around. But I'm coming to you to make a choice right now to build up faith in my heart by speaking your word and creating an atmosphere of faith so that ultimately, and this is the third thing, will give glory to God. Yet he did not waver through unbelief regarding the promise of God, but was strengthened in his faith and gave glory to God. Glory to God when the miracle happened. But get this, when you get faith, when, you, when it really kicks in your heart that God's going to do what he said, and you feel the confidence because you're fully persuaded, even though nothing's changed, what begins to happen is you begin to praise God as if it's already happened. Praise is the language of faith. It's the language of faith. I, I, we were at Planet Shakers earlier this year at a conference in Melbourne on our sabbatical, and it was a faith injection. It was awesome. And we sang this song, and I love it. And, it just, it just, and we'll probably do it in our church here. It says, if you're believing for God, if you're believing our God for something, Start praising like you've already received it. That's on my playlist right now. If you're believing out, anyway, I won't sing it to you. It's a little bit of rap vibes going on. If you're believing, Toby can rap it for you, Melbourne. If you're believing our God for something, start praising like you've already received it. That's the language of praise. Now let me, okay, back to Pastor John encouragement moment. The first two songs of church, they're not, Optional extras. 
You know, okay, some of us go to the movies and we know there'll be ads and then there'll be, prequel, there'll be prequels of movies coming out and 15 minutes in, the movie will start, right? Who times, you, who times to get to the movies at 15 minutes in? Give me a wave, anybody? All right, thank you, thank you, thank you. All right, now, can I just talk about getting to the house of God? The most important place that we can be at any time. Honouring God by being in His house. The first couple of songs are designed to be praise, to shift us out of selfish focus, to giving glory and honour to God, to get moving and to come into a place of declaration of faith. Faith is the la- praise is the language of faith. So the first two songs, what I'm looking for, and I tell our musos here in Melbourne, what we're looking for is the sound of praise and faith is beginning to come up because we're saying, we believe you, God. We're coming into agreement today, God. We believe you're a miracle worker. Does it mean life's perfect? No, it doesn't. Does it mean everything, even on the way, things fell to pieces and the car broke down and we had an argument and we got to church, but I'm making a statement to praise him and to agree together and to say, God, you're a miracle worker. And I get into the atmosphere of praise and it's not an optional first. You wouldn't miss the start of the movie. Don't miss the start of church. Just... I'm just, I'm, I'm diving in and out of Pastor John moment here today. So I've learned, if I, I've learned if I want to get to church on time, I probably should aim for at least 10 minutes early. Or what about even half an hour early and coming for a prayer meeting where we begin to pray over the service half an hour beforehand to get into an atmosphere of faith and praise. Oh, you're preaching, Pastor John. Great job. Great job, great job, great job. All right, can we close our eyes together right now? Here, sunny coast of Melps. Oh, Jesus, come on. Help us, Lord, where, we're, where there's unbelief in our life to hear promises from you that shift us from unbelief. Help us where we're weak to go to work, strengthening ourselves in our faith. Help us to give glory to you because you're the miracle-working God. Here in Melbourne right now, help us, God. Strengthen our faith. I ask it in Jesus' name. Amen, amen. We're going to-